start jumping and the cotton it's summertime and welcome to the Anderson Observer podcast news from people you trust it is another great day in Anderson the year's half over and the days are very slowly getting shorter and we're finally seeing a little rain uh, many are looking for an extended weekend thanks to July 4th and everything is looking good for the summer here the primary we saw this past week saw less than 7% of voters turn out, which is sad. I hear a lot of people complain about election turnouts, but they don't vote. I've always said I don't have time to discuss issues with you if you do not vote. There's still plenty of time to register for the November general elections, so you can check out scvotes.gov and find out how to register online and be ready to vote when November rolls around. The good news is that our continued performances by the Anderson County Election Voter Registration Office, Laura Robinson Booth and her crack team did another fine job. They always do, and they show that they are more than ready for the November elections. In many places around the state and country, it's unusual to find fast and friendly and efficient folks at local poll locations, but Anderson County can boast the best election staff anywhere. It's often a thankless job, and I want to make sure to say thank you to all the folks that you guys do, and also to remind people that this is secure. This is the most secure voting system. It's, it's paper backed up by electronics, backed up by paper, and there is no fraud involved here. So take that argument somewhere else. Meanwhile, County Council this week passed a new $248 million budget with no new taxes or reduction in services. And Anderson County Council Vice Chairman Brett Sanders recapped the budget and the meeting for me at the Observer. Hello, Anderson County. This is Councilman Brett Sanders recapping the special called council meeting for June the 29th, 2022. Uh, the reason we had the, the special meeting was for third reading on the budget. The budget has to be approved by July the 1st. So actually uh, everything was passed third reading unanimously today uh, with one exception. Uh, Councilman Davis was out of town and had a, a previous engagement and wasn't able to make the meeting. But basically the main thing on the budget is no tax increase. Um, as I said in the last recap, uh, the Sheriff's Department has the personnel that they need. Uh, we have uh, paid down debt. We've also paid off debt. We've working on a plan to uh, fund a new jail. There was, um, let's see here, hold on a minute. Okay. We also uh, ranked our capital projects from uh, dire needs down and uh, selected those projects that need the, uh, the most attention at this time. And we also, uh, the main increase in the budget, if you look back at, at last year's budget, uh, there really wasn't a, a, a substantial increase in any of the, the departments. The main increase that uh, I was seeing on the finance committee was uh, inflationary type things, you know, the cost of fuel, cost of supplies, uh, you know, our inflation rate, I think, for Anderson County is... Uh, Right now, I think it was 4.7%, the last information that I saw. And basically, if you, if you take those things out, uh, everyone's budget was either uh, less or around the same as it was last year. We also had discussed in, in our finance meetings to uh, start preparing and, and thinking ahead already for the 2024 budget. Uh, as, uh, you know, government to me and everyone it's a business you have revenues coming in you have expenses going out and as our national economy starts slowing or we see a, a slowing in the national economy as it trickles down into 
uh, the Anderson area, so we'll have a little decrease in revenues, and we need to make sure that uh, we are planning and, and spending money wisely and not get caught off guard for the 2024 budget. But main thing, budget's done, balance, no tax increase, and uh, still providing all the uh, services without any cuts uh, in the without any cuts in the services that we provide as a county. Um, tonight, we also had a, a few other things on the agenda. I noticed there were we had four properties in the Honeypath area that were abandoned or old burned down houses. And actually, there were four there, three in Belton. And we'd received some grant money. We went in, we cleaned those properties up and got the properties where they need to be. Then the county, once we do that, takes possession and we had to hold those properties for three years. So that means we've been uh, cutting grass and, and maintaining those properties. But we are transferring the uh, properties now to the town of Belton and Honeypath. So those properties will be utilized for residential and be put back on the tax books and hopefully will provide a, a nice uh, new home for someone uh, in moving into the area or just living down there now. So, And we also had um, two ordinances on some through traffic on tractor trailers. One was Massey Road, one was Long Road. I think the... Um, Massey Road one was you're having trucks cutting across on 8 and 88, which was one of my districts, or is in my district, and it just requires, you know, no trucks over six wheels are allowed, and the other one was in uh, Miss Cindy Wilson's district off of uh, Long Road, and had uh, um, some people here tonight expressing concerns about the safety and warning those uh, two uh, roads prohibited for uh, trucks coming through, mainly for a safety issue, and I'm glad to see that those passed, and pretty much that was basically everything we had tonight. So it was a very short, quick meeting. Uh, like I said earlier, it was a special call because we are required by law to have our budget done and, and completed by July the 1st, and the reason it wasn't completed, we were waiting on uh, monies or the amount of monies that we're going to be receiving from state state government, and we got those in. Every, like I said, everything uh, worked out smooth, balanced, work's done. like to give uh, uh, a big thanks to our finance department and everyone uh, that's worked so hard down there on this budget and let them know that uh, I and council truly appreciate all their hard work and efforts. In conclusion, I'd like to wish everyone a, a very safe and happy 4th of July. And bringing up the 4th of July, the we have a council meeting on the Tuesday, which would be the 5th. And that meeting has been canceled, and we'll pick back up on the 3rd Tuesday of July and be back on normal schedule. So everyone have a great holiday. Be careful, be safe, and God bless. Uh, the towns have also passed all their budgets, including the city of Anderson. And I recently talked to Mayor Terrence Roberts about the budget and other updates and progress going on in the city. Let's start with the budget. Uh, no tax increases, but what, remind people some of the highlights of the budget for people who missed it. I think you're right. No tax increases. The budget is uh, a little down from the year prior. I think it's right at $74 million. Um, we didn't have some expenditures and some, some things that didn't come in. But um, 
but I think one of the, the, the bigger things is, is that we did have a rate path increase on uh, our sewer plan, and this is the last year of that. But I feel pretty good about sewer water because uh, as an organization, we feel good about that because it's competitive with the surrounding companies and we're all having to deal with aging infrastructure and, and those type of things when it comes to um, our budgets. Um, I know people get tired of hearing it, but without solid sewer and water infrastructure, we're really handcuffed on anything else, right? Yeah, uh, it took me a while to put my hands around it 16 years ago, so you got to have capacity, and you pay for capacity, because when you build it, you have to pay for it, and so you can't continue to um, have some of the quality things that we have around us, such as the manufacturing plants, and all our water companies have to have good capacity, and so probably just going down memory lane again, you know, um, the Anderson Joint Regional Water System purchased the Duke Energy, um, um, had water and transit at, at one point in time, and um, it, it's probably um, for the city of Anderson and probably for the water companies too, the Joint Water System does a great job in, in being able to provide us clean water, and that's um, water is the new oil. And we see that in other parts of the country. If you don't have um, water and, and, and you can't provide water to your citizens. So we're about doing that. So, yeah. Water is the most precious resource, they say, on the planet, it is. really. I mean, no doubt. Ultimately. Yep. All right. City, um, uh, city employees got raises, too, right? Yep. $1.9 million in regards to that total package. Uh, I think we are looking at the competitive nature of employees, so just like in the industry, uh, in private, public sector, we have to look and take care of our employees. Uh, I was just reading something about the great um, resignation, and it's very competitive. Uh, and we've had to um, we we brought our no employee in City Anderson, who's an hourly employee, we brought everybody up to fifteen dollars um, uh, an hour, and also looked at um, just different departments um, doing wage studies to see where we're competitive, for example, in um, our sewer department with employees there. And so uh, part of that $1.9 million, or well, all of it, was to adjust um, our, our employees. And I think um, even if there was not an adjustment in that pay range, um, there was a 3.25% um, cost of living increase. And then you had some capital improvements, some building improvements, and roofs and all that, right? Yep, we, we, we have always had to take care of um, that part of it, the, the capital improvements. This building that we're sitting in, which um, contains um, City Hall and um, City Administration, and also um, the municipal building center, um, we had to do capital improvements over there. And so th and that is always a challenge and we kind of plan ahead for all of that. I get, what were some other challenges? I know fuel costs were a challenge. What were some other challenges going into this budget? Well, the unknown about the pandemic. You know, I mean, uh, business license fees um, were, um, 
and you know so many small businesses um, didn't make it and so um, for the general fund that that um, is is part of what makes the inner work schemes of government work and so I would say uh, business license fees um, um, we're very pleased on um, building permits, um, new housing starts compared to um, uh, different periods of the city's recent history. So those are up. So property tax is up. I think probably um, just due to the fact that we have a very strong commercial quarter on Clemson Boulevard and, and Highway 81 Greenville Street. Um, and so if, if any of the companies that survived and did well during the pandemic, we have those companies. We have Walmart and Sam's and Target and those Lowe's and those were companies that did very well, um, so to speak, during the pandemic. And hospitality tax continues to be an important factor, right, in funding? It is. I mean, it came in um, a little bit over $4 million. Um, it's a little over a decade old, and some of the things that we do recreationally can't be done without um, the hospitality fund. We are, um, I think, probably um, it's July, so probably within um, 30 days we'll be substantially finished with the second phase of the rec center project, which is um, um, more ball fields, um, synthetic turf, uh, permanent seating. Uh, it, it's um, you can actually see progress now. And so, if you hadn't been by the rec center, uh, that would be one place I would go and, and and take a look at. Which you know, that money rec uh, hospitality money has to be create uh, quality of life things and and. And so now it allows us to focus on um, the second half of Lindley Park to make that connection with, um, I call it Upper Lindley and Lower Lindley. I don't know if we'll keep with that, but uh, in my mind, the upper part of Lindley. And so now we need to, um, engineering's already started on the lower part of Lindley. And so, um, and hopefully we can get that project out of the ground in 2023. And how will those trails continue to connect with the other city trails? Well, we have a uh, we did a bike and pedestrian master plan um, five six years ago, where the connectivity of trying to continue the connectivity of that trail um, um, looks like. I mean, from the progress that we're having with the East West Parkway, to be able to continue um, working with the transportation ANATs. Um, in regards to getting those connection points to the Civic Center and to our partners at ANMED. And so um, basically to continue that, um, if you go on our website, you can kind of look at the bike and pedestrian trail. And I think the, the interesting thing about that trail is that it connects neighborhoods. It's an inner city type of trail. Um, um, the Swamp Rabbit Trail started between Travelers Rest and, and Greenville, and, it, and now they've expanded. And you look at some of the things that's going through the city of Greenville, um, down Lawrenceville, Verde, Simpsonville, the, the Fountain Inn to Lawrence. Um, there's 
uh, a group of individuals who are working on a um, trail to Belton, which I think is exciting too, and that just makes connectivity to our trails more important. And so th that's one thing I think that all our citizens want, um, whether you live in a city or a county, you want that connectivity, that being able to get somewhere by walking or biking or running. Um, in the comprehensive plan that y'all are working on now, is, is there anything in recreation looking out two, three, five years, which I'd like to see in the recreation? Uh, you know, we, we do have a, a detailed recreation plan. The comprehensive plan, um, and we're excited to, to we, we sign a contract with a firm out of Chicago uh, that's a national firm that um, they've done work all over the country. They won a lot of awards for some of the work they've done uh, within even South Carolina. Uh, the, more recently, they worked with the city of Goose Creek, I think. Um, I'm almost certain it was somewhere down in the Charleston area. Um, but, you know, we're looking at, you know, taking a real high-level look on, and there'll be a lot of community engagement on what people want. I mean, we've got to ask questions about um, land use and, and what looks right on this particular uh, corridor. And so it, it'll be um, a, a two-year process, and it, it's all about coming out there with a plan that will um, allow our team to work with with citizen input. Any other news coming from downtown development? I know the new green space on the north end of town is being used some. Yeah, and, um, it, um, we were down there just last Friday, um, North Main Commons, and um, just excited about that public space um, next to Magnetic Brewery. And um, even some of the, I mean, uh, TBA has a, a, a art fountain project there that depicts the textile industry and our heritage to the textile industry. Um, uh, McCoy, uh, McCoy Wright um, is um, also looking at, um, they're substantially completing that commercial building there. And we understand that'll be um, a mix of retail. So I think that's important. Um, we finished the streetscape and, uh, and also some additional parking behind Kimbrels. Um, if, if, if people are looking for uh, parking, is always uh, continues to be an issue now, and uh, and that's a good thing. But um, we're pleased with that part of the development. Um, and there's a lot of development, um, Greg, throughout the 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 community, the city, um, from. Um, you know, and a lot of time the private sector hears about it before we hear about it as far as people applying for building permits. But, you know, you start looking at the um, the Clemson Boulevard corridor and the old Chick-fil-A building and there's a Dunkin' Donuts that is going up on, I understand that's uh, three tenants. Um, so, you know, there's just not only downtown, but there's a lot of activity in general. Well, that new um, North Main Commons really kind of puts uh, an exclamation point on stretching downtown. downtown. It is. I, I was talking to someone the other day, and it, they, they, 
said it appeared it appeared that downtown was moving um I guess with the hotel looks like it was moving more south than north and um and I kind of gave a little pushback on that just because of North Main Commons so um and, and it changes I mean I I think parking changes I I think um one of our former center city managers, Linda McConnell, used to always say when she was an assistant city manager that parking changes every 30 days, and it does appear that 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 need for where is where is the most traffic is changing constantly down here. Speaking of parking, any updates on uh, a potential restaurant for the top of the new parking garage? Yep, I, I can say that we hope to um, have a a contract in place um, in July um, and um, it, it will be um, a, a, a very good space in regards to um, the folks that are looking at that and I think the attorneys are dotting the I's and crossing the T's to make sure that it's a, uh, it, it works for both parties, the city and, to, and the entity that's looking at it. And I think the, the the public will be pleased with it. Um, these folks operate in a couple of different markets, and they really like our space. And if that all goes as planned, a year out, how long would it take them to do? Do you have any idea? Any well, case? they are um, convinced that they can be up and running by um, Thanksgiving. Wow. And so, well, and, but y'all have built everything. We've built a lot of things out in that already. So I think they want to. Um, I'm very interested to see how uh, our Clemson football season reacts to the hotel, and I, I would assume that they're very interested to see how that would work too, with with um, Clemson football. How is the hotel doing? You had any updates on? It's doing great. I think the um, Paragon is is pleased with the occupancy rate. Uh, I I see. Um, I'm a drive through the parking garage and looking at tags. I see a lot of out of state tags um, that are choosing to stay here, and so um, I, they're very pleased with the 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 business model, and and it's doing well. Uh, does the city still getting a lot of requests from folks wanting to live downtown? Any updates on Palmetto Lofts? They're close to opening, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I know I keep saying 30 days out, but supposedly they are leased. And I noticed this week where some of the heavy equipment is being um, dispersed, so they must be getting very close. So, uh, again, I think that's 31, 32 units. Um, we also have the Kimtech property that um, um, on Tribble and Murray that um, those folks seem to think that they'll get started very soon um, as far as moving dirt and so um, you know again 120 some odd units too um, in close proximity to downtown um, so there's there's a lot of um, interest in um, both mill sites, the one in the county, the Anderson Mill site, and the Equinox in the county, the Equinox Mills and the Anderson Mill site, and that would be, you know, we've had these vacant
been uses on these mill sites for a while, and so hopefully um, they're 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 people from the outside that are looking very seriously at those projects too. Yeah, and if those all go as planned five years from now, Anderson would be a different, very different place in terms of housing, plenty of housing and downtown expansion. And yeah, I mean the east-west expansion is good. Um, our, our friends to the east of us, Anderson University, uh, they again will have, I think, a record freshman enrollment um, and football in 2024. So that puts a different flavor on uh, a Saturday um, with two major universities with big time athletics right in your back door. That can't hurt. How about the buildings are kind of across from City Hall here? They've been in renovation stage for a while. Have you heard any updates on those? I have not, and um, we're very interested in, <laughs> in um, uh, um, the owners of those buildings moving forward. I, I, I think, um, you know, when you start looking at if we um, think about where we were 20 years ago with vacant buildings, um, 20 years ago we had an old belt site, 20 years ago we had the old Bells building, um, 20 years ago we had um, the space where the event center is right now. And so you start looking at over a couple of decades where we've taken away what I would say eyesores and made them to useful um, in a very um, historic way. I mean, the Blakely Inn, you know, and so um, to your point, maybe that's one of the, in the old Sullivan King's building on across uh, on MacDuffie. So, you know, we, we just like a lot of cities, we uh, are working on them, but, you know, when you look back, you know, there's a lot been done in the last couple of decades. Just the location of those with the hotel and all just seems to be primed to get something done on those over there. It does, yep. Have y'all seen any delays in projects because of trouble getting materials? Has that been a challenge? Yep, yeah. Um, we have uh, made me think about um, we were um, awarded a half million dollar grant by the Appalachian Regional Council um, to start a shared kitchen. And that shared kitchen is in the East Market Street parking garage and um, just saw some pictures the other day where work is being done interior-wise. But to your point, I think the delay will be um, maybe a couple coolers waiting for that supply chain to, to come in. So, um, and I'm sure it's had an effect on, on maybe the Palmetto building and, and, and those things. Sure so, work yeah, yeah, and so um, that's, that's a, pandemic um, inflation problem that we're all suffering through. Any other areas the city is looking at annexation? Uh, and, and Do you have a master plan where you decide which areas to consider growth? or? Well, you know, one of the things that we have to do is we, we look at, we have to figure out how to, can we serve them? You know, number one, can we put police, fire, and um, public works because we've got to do those three things. One thing I will say in, in this budget, um, we are, um, we need a, a fire station four. And so to um, maintain 
um, growth patterns uh, within the city and possibly um, other annexations on the north end of town. Uh, we, we've got to have a fire station um, somewhere in that area. And so our team's looking at land um, to do that. And uh, that affects a lot of things. It affects um, your ISO ratings when it comes to um, insurance protection and, and insurance rates. So, uh, and, and, and we've got to make sure that we don't put our firefighters uh, in bad situations when we don't have enough coverage. So, yes. Anything else coming up this summer? I know the block party's back in full swing and there's lots of things. Anything anything else the city's working on between now and September? Uh, there's always something. Um, but I think, you know, the block party and Kerry Jones and his folks do a great job. Um, just recently went to the uh, marketplace there, the, the play Shrek um, was, was uh, well attended um, for four nights. Um, I think there's some, Greg, there's some other things programmatically that um, there's movie night, Carolina Rampart with movie night. And so um, the, the uh, North Place Commons, um, they're programming that with the tenants around it. And so uh, there's, there's a, I guess, a buzz um, here in town, you know, almost practically every night of the week now, but especially that Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights of, of the week downtown. Bird scooters, um, they, they are, um, um, most people like them, some people don't, but I, but I do think, what I think is encouraging is um, you see all kind of people, I, I see adults ride them, I see you know, um, young kids ride them, and anytime you can, um, those people help. Have you been on one yet? I, I'll, not here. I did one in another city, and I decided I'm too old to fall down and get hurt. But, um, but, but, uh, but uh, I saw. And I don't know how. I guess you can do it. I saw a dad and a kid this past weekend riding one together. So, but it's. Um, it's good when you have kids, and, they, and those kids spend money. They go to figs and buy ice creams, and they buy coffee and so forth. So, um, pretty excited about that, and they're pretty much following the rules. We'll catch up again in September. Appreciate it. Thank you. And the city is getting ready for their downtown run to celebrate July 4th. It starts at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday in Carolina Wren Park. Williamson and Holland Park also have Saturday events to mark the Independence Day uh, celebration. And, of course, the Anderson County Farmer's Market has the ultimate celebration. They should have plenty of summer tomatoes ready to go Saturday. They open at 8 a.m., so the early birds get the pick of tomatoes. So I encourage you to get out for that. Also, the main branch of the Anderson County Library is home to an art exhibit by Nat Morris, who is the winner of this year's Anderson Art Center Art Slam. The exhibition features portraits of artists, and I gotta tell you, this work's very impressive. And it, people such as Neil Gaiman and Stephen King and others, it's just really, really nice work and impressive, and it's good to see a local artist doing this and to see that on display. It'll be on display at the main branch of the Anderson County Library through the end of July. And I talked to Anderson County Library Director Annie Sutton and the artist and the Art Center Director and, and April Cameron about this exhibition, and here's, here's what they had to say. Um, a few months ago, the Art Center approached me about um, 
the art slam that they had uh, happening at the art center and asked if I would be interested in being a judge and if the library would then want to have a solo exhibit. Thought it was an awesome opportunity. Um, did my best as a judge. <laughs> First time for me for, to do that. And yeah, so here we are. And Nat Morris was the winner of the Art Slam and he has his solo show here now for a month. Uh, yeah, anytime the library's open, people are welcome to come in and look around. Um, we will have it through the end of July. Will there be more shows in the future? Yes, I'm hoping that this is gonna be an annual event for us and uh, we'll have a new artist in every year. And how does this fit into the library's mission for the community to provide art exposure? Well, it, you know, it is something very different for us, but as part of what we do at the library is form partnerships with others in the community, and having a partnership with the Art Center I think is amazing, and you know, as you can see with Nat's exhibit today, there's variety here, there's something for people to learn, there's all kinds of stuff, so it just fits in exactly with what we do every day. And there are books here that have never been digitized. If people are really interested in art and fine art, there are a lot of art books you just can't find online. They can come up here and check out, right? Sure, we have tons of art books. And actually we have tons of those like coffee table, large size art books that honestly we'd love to have people check out. Tell me a little bit about your, your art. How long have you been painting and, and, and doing art and, and what got you inspired? But I've been painting since I was a kid and I was inspired by my dad. He's always painting around the house. So I used to, uh, paint on his painting sometimes. If he'd leave the room and he hadn't finished something, I would like pull out some paints and finish it, throw my little, my little signatures on it or whatever. When did you know that you were good at it? I'm still figuring it, seeing if I'm good at it. I don't, I'm trying. I, I don't know if it's good or not, but they look like what they're supposed to be, but whether it's good work, I, I'm not sure. Now, did you grow like up in Anderson? It. I did. And we, where'd you go to school? What's up? And were you involved in art over there? I was. Ellen Spainow was my teacher. The best teacher I ever had. She's, she was great. But yeah, she helped me along a lot. She inspired me a lot to do work, or continue to do it. How long does it take to finish it? Uh, uh, I know these are all different sizes, but is there like a certain amount of time it takes to finish one? I just bounce around. I don't know. I like I'll work on one and jump to the next until, you know. And what kind of things inspire you? Music, movies, and people. Looks like you've got some authors here too, so maybe books too. Yeah, Chuck Palahniuk and Steinbeck, Hunter S. Thompson, Stephen King. I'm a big fan of Stephen King. Is this? I had a big list of authors I wanted to do, but I couldn't figure out what to do, so I just looked up quotes for each one and whoever I connected with. I thought it was a great quote, that's so how I like picked who I was going to paint. Yeah, stuff that I believe, I guess, too. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my philosophies are the same as some of those quotes. How often do you paint? Not as often as I like to. But I try to, uh, I try to do something every day, a little something. I mean, I tattoo every day. So when I'm not doing that, I try to sketch or paint or do something. And how, how do you feel about having this uh, exhibit here at the library where a lot of people make it a chance to see it for the first time? I think it's cool. You know, maybe get some new eyes on it. People who are getting made any shows, I think it'd be cool. Having authors at the library really works out pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah, I didn't know if that was like too on the nose, but yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think it's kind of cool to display authors at 
the library. This is be the last time people see me do stuff kind of like this. So I mean, I say portraits, but this kind of work. Like I got some plans. I'm working on some new stuff, so things gonna be looking a little different. I'm excited How about. How long it. have you been um, following that and his work? So when I joined the Art Center as the director in 2018, at least then is when I um, was familiar with Nat and his work. He's been involved with the Art Center in various capacities. And um, so we've been excited to have him involved in our jury shows. And like we mentioned before, he did a show with his dad in the Atrium Gallery. And so I've known Matt, Nat at least since 2018. How is it important for the Art Center and what y'all are trying to do to have a, an exhibit here at the library? It is really important, in my opinion, for us to collaborate with different entities around town to get art out to the public. We have a great art center, and surprisingly, still people show up and say that they didn't know it existed. So a big priority of uh, the art center staff is to get art in places where it might not normally be so that the everyday man walking around sees it um, you know in just their daily lives the library is a great place for it there, I mean so many people come through here we also have it in different businesses around town that we've been working with so I think it's a great collaboration to have something here I mean writing is an art in itself so if you look at it from different perspectives it's just a perfect match and this may become an annual event or so maybe yeah, we're hoping so. So um, Nat was awarded this exhibit as part of him winning the Art Slam competition that we had in March. And with the library's help, they helped to um, judge or jury the show and decide who the winner was. So we hope that we'll keep them on board with that and that this is something we can do every year. Meanwhile, over at uh, Anderson County Emergency Management, Josh Hawkins, the director, continues to blaze ahead with new projects and programs for emergency management. And I talked to him about two of these programs, which are just kicking off. The first could be a really big help to first responders. It's a county registry of citizens with special needs. It's completely voluntary, but family members can sign up online to make sure first responders are aware if they arrive on the site of a place with a citizen who might have special needs and whose behavior might look suspicious in other ways, but it's only because of some special needs issue going on there. So um, Anderson County has recently switched to a new mass notification system. Uh, we were previously on a system called Code Red, and now we're switching to a system called Everbridge. What this gives us is it's a more robust system where we can get information out to our public uh, in a quicker manner. Um, and it also has multiple forms of weather notifications that you can sign up for yourself. Uh, the nice thing about this is, is you set it up for your address. You can set it up for five different locations. So if you want to set it up for your work, your home, uh, maybe, maybe one of your friend's homes or maybe another family member home that you're taking care of, you can actually sign up for that uh, all in your one account. Um, it has an app, it can text you, it can give you a phone call, um, it can do TDD and TTY for those that are hard of hearing. Uh, it, it is a uh, very robust and, and good system that helps the general public. So you might be asking, why do I want to you know, give this information out? Why do I want to uh, receive emergency alerts? So in Anderson County, if there was a hazardous uh, material spill in your neighborhood, if there was a, um, if there could be an active criminal situation going on, it could just be a missing person in your neighborhood uh, that is endangered and, and that we may need help finding. Um, it could just be that our officers are having to cross through uh, multiple people's yards to try to track down someone. 
that kind of information we need to get out to the general public as fast as possible and if we can't reach you we can't alert you uh, so the best thing you can do is go to our website emd.andersonsheriff.org and on that website you will find a link at the top that says sign up for notifications um, click on that sign up for those emergency notifications it's real quick real easy you can control it uh, so if you decide hey I, I don't want to receive these anymore you can actually go in and, and turn them off if you want to receive additional alerts uh, like weather notifications you can turn those on um, and they're very specific now so you can get severe weather uh, weather warnings you can get um, thunderstorm, tornado, it, we have a whole slew of warnings that you can actually go through, uh, choose from, you can get watches or warnings now, and we're just really excited about it and really excited to get it out to our community um, so that we can better alert you and keep you prepared during an emergency. Yes, uh, so there's an Everbridge app, and if you're signing up on your phone, you'll see it's going to pop up. Uh, it's going to pop up when you click that link and say, would you like to download the app? The app is a great tool. So the nice thing about the app is it's going to send you the alert on the app. Um, it will also, it can pop up a map and show you any alerts in the area of Anderson County. So even if you didn't receive that alert, you may see them. Uh, you, you can actually pull that up and see what's going on in Anderson County. You may be crossing through an area. Um, it also has geofence locating on it. So if you're driving around and you, you choose that option to allow it to see your location, um, it will actually turn around and send you an alert when you drive into that area if there's an uh, alert in that area. So it's a very uh, good system. It's a great system. You can actually go through see previous alerts. If there was previous weather warnings, you can scroll through, see those on there too. And you can adjust your uh, weather, weather and emergency alerts levels. So you can actually decide what you're going to see and when you're going to see it. Um, another great thing about this system uh, that, that, we, that is updated on this is you can actually set it up to where it's only going to alert you a certain time. So if you don't want to hear alerts after 10 p.m. at night, um, it won't send you those weather alerts anymore. There are certain alerts that we can override that for, uh, and, but those are imminent life-threatening alerts. So that's something that if we don't get it to you right now, um, it, you could be in danger. It's ready to go now. Yes, we, uh, we, we uh, installed it last week. Uh, everything is up and running. We've done a lot of testing uh, prior to that to make sure everything works properly. And we're, we're already using it. We're already asking you to sign up. And if you go to emd.andersonsheriff.org, the top of the page, you'll see uh, sign up for emergency alerts and it'll be Everbridge Mass Notifications. You click that link, it'll bring you right to the login page to where you can sign up and, and create your own. Josh also talked to me about the launching of the new Anderson County's emergency notification system that he hopes will better serve the population. The old one had kind of aged out and this one is supposed to really uh, provide opportunities for uh, emergency alerts from all manner of things and here's what Josh had to say about that. So um, Anderson County has recently switched to a new mass notification system. Uh, we were previously on a system called Code Red and now we're switching to a system called Everbridge. What this gives us is it's a more robust system where we can get information out to our public uh, in a quicker manner um, and it also has multiple forms of weather notifications that you can sign up for yourself. Uh, the nice thing about this is, is you set it up for your address. You can set it up for five different locations. So if you want to set it up for your work, your home, uh, maybe, maybe one of your friend's homes or maybe another family member home that you're taking care of, 
you can actually sign up for that uh, all in your one account. Um, it has an app, it can text you, it can give you a phone call, um, it can do TDD and TTY for those that are hard of hearing. Uh, it, it is a uh, very robust and, and good system that helps the general public. So you might be asking, why do I want to you know, give this information out? Why do I want to uh, receive emergency alerts? So in Anderson County, if there was a hazardous uh, material spill in your neighborhood, if there was a, um, if there could be an active criminal situation going on, it could just be a missing person in your neighborhood uh, that is endangered and, and that we may need help finding. Um, it could just be that our officers are having to cross through uh, multiple people's yards to try to track down someone. That kind of information, we need to get out to the general public as fast as possible. And if we can't reach you, we can't alert you. Uh, so the best thing you can do is go to our website, emd.andersonsheriff.org, and on that website, you will find a link at the top that says sign up for notifications. Um, click on that, sign up for those emergency notifications. It's real quick, real easy. You can control it. Uh, so if you decide, hey, I, I don't want to receive these anymore, you can actually go in and, and turn them off. If you want to receive additional alerts uh, like weather notifications, you can turn those on. Um, and they're very specific now. So you can get severe weather, uh, weather warnings. You can get um, thunderstorm, tornado, it, we have a whole slew of warnings that you can actually go through, uh, choose from, you can get watches or warnings now, and we're just really excited about it and really excited to get it out to our community um, so that we can better alert you and keep you prepared during an emergency. Yes, uh, so there's an Everbridge app, and if you're signing up on your phone, you'll see it's going to pop up. Uh, it's going to pop up when you click that link and say, would you like to download the app? The app is a great tool. So the nice thing about the app is it's gonna send you the alert on the app. Um, it will also, it can pop up a map and show you any alerts in the area of Anderson County. So even if you didn't receive that alert, you may see them. Uh, you, you can actually pull that up and see what's going on in Anderson County. You may be crossing through an area. Um, it also has geofence locating on it. So if you're driving around and you, you choose that option to allow it to see your location, um, it will actually turn around and send you an alert when you drive into that area if there's an uh, alert in that area. So it's a very uh, good system. It's a great system. You can actually go through, see previous alerts. If there was previous weather warnings, you can scroll through, see those on there too. And you can adjust your uh, weather, weather and emergency alerts levels. So you can actually decide what you're going to see and when you're going to see it. Um, another great thing about this system uh, that, that, we, that is updated on this is you can actually set it up to where it's only going to alert you a certain time. So if you don't want to hear alerts after 10 p.m. at night, um, it won't send you those weather alerts anymore. There are certain alerts that we can override that for, uh, and, but those are imminent life-threatening alerts. So that's something that if we don't get it to you right now, um, it, you could be in danger. It's ready to go now, yes. We, uh, we, we uh, installed it last week. Uh, everything is up and running. We've done a lot of testing uh, prior to that to make sure everything works properly. And we're, we're already using it. We're already asking you to sign up. And if you go to emd.andersonsheriff.org, the top of the page, you'll see uh, sign up for emergency alerts and it'll be Everbridge Mass Notifications. You click that link, it'll bring you right to the login page to where you can sign up and, and create your own. I'd say since assuming the role as director, Josh has done a fine job and he is one of the county's top young leaders and love to see more guys with the work ethic and the imagination and, and work that Josh does.
Uh, meanwhile, if you haven't been near the Civic Center lately, you may not have noticed the progress at Kid Venture. A few construction delays have pushed it opening a little further out. This was scheduled for the first Memorial Day and then this weekend, but it's going to be a fine place for the kids to play. And we look forward to the continues of that. And also coming up very soon out at that Civic Center is Dixie Youth's um, Regional and then Dixie Youth's World Series Little League Baseball. So we'll talk more about that in the days ahead. And that's it for the July 1st edition of the Anderson Observer Podcast. News from people you trust. Join me again next time for featured interviews and updates. But until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. Downhill the river Leads to sea And in this sticky heat, I feel you open up to me. Love comes out of nowhere, baby, just like a hurricane, and it feels like rain.